Good afternoon and you're welcome along to Local Media This Week, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Uh, the weather has turned, but uh, the people in the studio, some have turned, but some stay the same. So I'm going to start off by sort of in- introducing semi-regular guests. Uh, we- we've lost the Tungreni men, but we've gained the men, uh, the-, the closest men to Holy Island. So uh, we- we've no David this week, uh, but we are joined by Tom Hanley. So good afternoon, Tom. Uh, good afternoon, Luke. Uh, it's a pleasure as always. In- indeed. And and uh, we have the, the regular crew. We have the millsman, Pat O'Brien. Pat, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Luke. Uh, and we have the master of the house, John S. Kelly. <laughs> he he means, here he to keep an eye on us. Don't get any misunderstanding. Yeah. Is age-wise. <laughs> uh, we have respect for uh, age and uh, and the person, uh, John. So, well, listen, you're very welcome along. And I said uh, the program is local media this week, where we talk about and discuss what's in the papers, and you'll hear a little bit of rattling going on in the background. Now, the first two items we're going to talk about uh, surprise surprise is no surprise because there are two that we have spoken about on many occasions over the last number of weeks so we're going to give a bit of a brief mention to it we're not going to go fully in depth because uh, as always there is some great journalism in the papers and you can sort of read it we are going to start with pyrite which is on page one of the champion and page one of the echo and we say tom do you want to pass yeah. a comment well i'll just see the, the headline on the champion is finish line in sight for pirate homeowners now and is, then the is that a little bit like the sort of broadford <laughs> way treatment plan yeah. well the clear echo then says don't let clear pirate suppliers off the hook okay so and uh, it says in the, on the Clare Echo Parking Man says that there's a thousand properties and premises in Clare affected by this, you know. So far. And it's for anyone, and I know a couple of people that have had houses that they would have built in the last 10 or 15 years that are severely affected by it. And anyone that's affected, it's a, it's an awful it problem. Is, but Tom, are they identified now? Could new ones emerge again, you know, in the next five years? Possibly, I'd say, although I think any house that's built 10 or 15 years will start to show signs, you know, yeah. uh, the cracks in the walls and, and yeah. the gable end. So you're, so you're talking about a thousand houses. When this started, there was talk of two premises in Clare and then it went to six. And mm. I said at the time, that's not going to stop anywhere soon, because if you were going on Donegal and Mayo and the figures that started there, yeah they multiplied by a factor. I said, if we're talking about rebuilding houses and possible, you know, retribution of 300,000 per house, is is that 30 million for Clare alone? Or am I, or, um, how, how are my figures? The grants are up to 420, but I suppose nobody will, nobody will get that much of a grant loop. Yeah. They're saying here, uh, see, um, Dr. Martina Cleary says that um, she, she doesn't think anybody will get that 420 and it's just going to cost them money. How does one identify source of the supply? Well, that's what's on the echo, uh, uh, Pat, isn't it? That's what's on page one of the echo. Park has the article. Don't let. Uh, yeah, the, the, if we have a private house and you, you know where the blocks came from. You mightn't you see you could have bought the house uh, already built it. In other words, these. Yeah, well, I know, I know, I know a fellow. He knows where the blocks came from. He, knows. he built his house himself and it's as far as under and he knows is it? company. I haven't seen any house in, these, in, in the immediate oh, east area. Yeah, there's one over in Kikishan. Have you? Yes. You have? Yeah. It says here there's a local authority, a local authority scheme. Um, in, in County Clare, more than 1,000 homes are understood to have pirates with, with over 100 members of the Clare Pirate Action Group 
Over 350 properties in local authority housing scheme, garden station in Shannon are among the other buildings that have been detected with pirates. Yeah. And so Fiona has on page one, you know, that relief has been expressed as Claire was recognised this week in the grant for homeowners uh, with defective blocks, because I think <coughs> at one stage there was a, a possibility that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So Claire is now one of four counties where homeowners with pirate in their blocks can apply um, for for the yeah. government grant. Um, and Martina Cleary is quoted, who said Martina's the lady that spearheaded the campaign in Clare, and she said, uh, quote, I found it very moving that Clare is now recognising that we finally have equal rights. This is an incredible achievement. In September, three years ago, I stood at the corner of my cracked house with an engineer and was told that I was on my own and had no access to any kind of support. God. We've come a long way in three yeah. years. And I think a lot, an awful lot of it is to do with the reporting and uh, sort of keeping it high in the media, yeah. on yeah. the radio. And we say I, I have to give kudos to Fiona in particular because she, she has, uh, but she started the Claire version yeah. of the coverage for this. And we'll say uh, the Echo have done uh, very good work in relation to it as well. But yeah. I said we have to give very, very good kudos to Fiona for keeping that in, in, in the media. And the stories are harrowing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Harrowing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And as I know a friend of mine. I won't say where he's not in this immediate area, but he spent six and a half thousand getting an engineer out yeah, and yeah. getting samples taken and analysed properly and mm. proved the obvious that it was pirate. Mm. Yeah. He knows Is it where the down s- then, Tom. Is well, it, I, I'm not too sure, but it's, it definitely needs severe remedial action anyway. That can cost uh, a couple of hundred, three or four hundred thousand very easily, you know? Yeah. The pyrite is, uh, and there's a few other, Mike, and some of those other minerals that, yeah. and over time, when they're exposed, they, they, they almost liquefy slowly. You know, it doesn't look like liquid, yeah. but they just crumble, crumble and fall it. apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. dust. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of a solid concrete block mm. in your wall, That's all right. of a sudden you can nearly scrape it out of your fingers, you know, mm. after 15 well, years. Well, you see, there's there was no regulation or anything. Self-regulation and those quarries and those people, those people. Yeah, I was yeah. talking to, um, and I think of course the year before uh, when we were discussing pirate. I was talking to an engineer who was with a big company, and I, I we had a, uh, I met him uh, having a drink one night, and then we were having a chat about it. And I said to him, "What about what about the pirate? Is there any? Con- uh, there's still no control. He said, it's still self-regulation." And he said the, the company he works for, they 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 do their own tests because he said we can't, we couldn't afford to. To let um, you know, to let that, that type of stuff happen because yeah. you said you'd go, yeah. you'd go, you'd go bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've given it uh, airing yeah. throughout yeah. the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and but I suppose we say uh, Fiona's article uh, continues on page two, and the champion says pyrite scheme will leave owners fifty thousand euro short. Oh, but God. if you have a query in relation to it, and if you think that you may be eligible to apply, uh, homeowners can contact DCB at clairecoco.ie or alternatively you can phone 065-6846-334 which is uh, if you have uh, issues with pyrite that's the means that you need to do it and if you want to just double check page two of the champion now we're going to go back to page one of the champion as well and I think it's in uh, the echo as well there's two sort of hospital slash medical issues that I want to talk about and the main uh, paper the main paper headline in the champion Dan Danner has the article I I, I sort of find the, the heading a little bit curious Minister defends and with quote failed hospital Dan Danner Tom yeah well 
it can't be described as a failure, but if you ask me, it's slow. But once you get inside the, if you get off the trolley and get into a ward, you'll be guaranteed first class treatment in UL or the UHL. Yeah. But it can be very slow in getting off that trolley from the time you arrive in to get into your bed. You know. But we're not the only ones. You know, I was, uh, if we, I can. We, I think we, we've even to go a little farther. Yeah. Because, uh, I think it was two weeks ago here. We talked about interpersonal attitudes in the hospital at times. Yeah. You know, we focused earlier in the year on the very point you mentioned. Once you get inside, very, very, very good. But we came back and we looked at or listened to a few other sides to that, where the attitude shown by some of the medical people to patients was left an awful lot to be desired. That caring nature kind of the, the bedside manner was absolutely. yeah yeah well that's there's no excuse for that None you know, that doesn't cost money money no. won't improve that so you know? where where do you yeah. if this is true yeah you know yeah um, where do you turn to for a form yeah well of course there are an awful lot of good nurses and hospital staff out there but there's all it takes is one or two bad eggs or maybe get into bad habits indeed in the yeah but i i think in fair in, in fairness in in every organization there can always be one or two bad eggs but i do not think that one or two bad eggs are the root cause of the issues that are at the hospital yeah, yeah. I said it's ongoing for a long period of time, and uh, I suppose part, maybe part of the reason why there's a few extra articles in the papers this week is uh, I see on page three of the Champion there's a picture of the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly, uh, sort of with the hands in the air at a podium with Ospedale OL with UL Hospitals. So he he was obviously down on a gig. Uh, he officially opened the new state of the art Ennis Primary Care Centre on Friday, and. Uh, he said, uh, healthcare workers exemplified the very best of the country when no vaccines were available and when there was a lack of definitive information about the virus. Yeah, he, it's very easy for him to say that now, but uh, they haven't exactly, the governments haven't given the staff uh, the facilities or the manpower and woman power to sort of operate pro proper um services over a long period of time uh, like the article on page one the 26th of june there was 292 patients uh in attendance with 85 patients on trolleys on wednesday this is in the middle of summer lads but well, yeah. I, I know we say summer has uh, what happens when the flu season summer has disappeared for a few <laughs> days with uh, yeah. the amount of rain that has fallen in the last few days but yeah john in relation to what you were saying there earlier other hospitals seem to cope better and UHL should too, you mm. know, whatever the root cause of it is, you know, somebody should be able to go in there and see, you know. It well, might as, Luke said, be money. as, yeah. as, as Luke said, Tom, uh, that uh, in every institution, yeah. in everywhere you have an organisation, you're going to have some who are yeah. not going to do the the the, the organisation justice. Yeah, John, I'm smiling. I often quote, our Lord picked 12 and he got one of them wrong, you know, so. <laughs> 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 and of course, the, in, the, inners, the friends, the, there's a group there on trolley numbers now reach no record highs in UHL. The Friends of Inners Hospital Group has stated there are no plans for the provision of a model trolley hospital in Inners. That the Department of Health and HTC need to accept that the plan to create a centre of excellence at UHL has failed. So I suppose the, the, mm. they're, you know, they're, um, they're uh, still. We're going to have to live with this as uh, a weekly. Yeah. I know we could go on and on about this, but can I just say, uh, during the week, I was uh, the NHS 
in England celebrated 75 years. That's right. And I was watching um, the Sky News there the other night just to see what was happening and what they were saying about it. Was, and they were saying, they showed a graph what the situation was, was like in the UK for uh, hospital waiting times. Yeah. And they had the UK, they had Ireland, and they had another um, European country. I can't remember which it was. The UK waiting times have spiraled way up since before COVID. Yeah. Do you know the Irish ones have gone down? Waiting times since before COVID. Yeah. So maybe overall the picture is improving, but that's not much good to you if you're stuck on the trolley and UHL. If one could mention, apropos what you've just said, Newmarket and Fergus are sweating it out over there. They haven't had a GP for some time. Which is an article I was going to come to, John. Page four in the Echo. So do you want to tell us about it? Yeah. When I actually read this article uh, fight for GP services to recommence in Newmarket on Fergus now Newmarket on Fergus is bigger than Scarif I'd say it has to be way bigger hasn't it it's yeah. you know, bigger population oh yeah yeah. and we're, we're we're blessed with our medical people absolutely absolutely, absolutely. And the doctors and nurses yeah okay um, so fight for their services where are they going to get them who you see there's a shortage of GPs. There's an increasing population. Yes. Okay. Um, the young GPs, young young doctors, the interns, uh, say that, that they're treated very badly. Do you know? Do you remember the Carry On series, the the, the film, Sydney? What was his <laughs> name? Potier, was it? Potier, was yeah. it? Yeah. And, and James Robertson Justice yes. as, as a consultant. Do you recall that? Era? And Barbara Windsor. And Barbara Windsor. <laughs> you would remember her, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think any male would remember yeah. Barbara. <laughs> and junior, junior doctors were portrayed as having sleeping quarters in the actual hospital, which yeah. they are. I remember even as a student visiting, visiting a hospital in, late in the evening and... Uh, and John, do you realise we're on air? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, I yeah, know. I know. Um, yeah. And and finding that uh, accommodation is not provided now for young doctors. So yeah, you're right. No. There was a time when, the, let's say, a doctor, if, the, if they were on a very long shift, it oh, would yeah. take maybe an hour, an hour or so just to have a, a power nap for themselves. Now that's yeah. that's in yeah. the, in the world of the the bygone days. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. I mean, if you want to start with. With two things strike me about this shortage, which leads to uh, the, the kind of situation that we're getting in the, this week's papers. The actual junior doc, we need a, a, a new setup for post qualified doctors. One year's service to the state in return for the actual uh, yeah. having the profession which they have. No. Okay. We all know that uh, educating a doctor, indeed any of the professions, yeah. and my own included, is a very costly exercise. It is. So, and the state spends a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. Of them, you know, absolutely. And we produce very good doctors. But maybe what you're saying is, should they be obliged to spend a minimum? Yes. You've been at the very least a minimum of one year. Maybe it should be more. Maybe it should be three years. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Luke? Um... I, I'm, I'm going to move the conversation on a little bit, John, because... Are you afraid I, of it? No. Uh, the clock. I, yeah, the clock, but I said, uh, page eight in the champion as well, Dan has, his, uh, you know, his, the next article or the latest instalment of Midwest Acute Hospitals Under the Microscope. Um, and 
there's two articles here in relation to the Friends of NS Hospital plans that they, they have submitted to Health Minister Stephen Donnelly. I'm very taken by the second article um, in The Champion. And Angela, Angela Call um, would say the report was combined by her following input, input from some group members. Uh, there's a quote here. She recalled the Hanley report on medical staffing stated, this going back to 2009, when, uh, you know, the, the, the clinical medical advice supported the downgrading of Ennis Hospital for safety reasons. And she says, to my shame, a Fianna Fáil minister at the time decided to downgrade Ennis. It is one thing saying Ennis was unsafe, but you can't say UHL is safe. UHL has never been safe and is not a centre of excellence. I could line up a hundred people who have horror stories about their experience in UHL, and I think she's been kind with uh, the figure of a hundred. Uh, I think that you could add, add that uh, quite uh, quite a much. But she says, Miss Cole told the minister that someone living in Wicklow Town could get emergency care in any of the Dublin hospitals, Waterford or Kilkenny. Yeah. She said the minister admitted the HSE were going to downgrade Nace Hospital earlier this year, but he stopped it because he didn't, quote, want the hospital in Drogheda, now I presume that should be Nace, to end up like UHL. Yeah. Mm. Now, if a minister has, if that quote is accurate, is coming out saying he doesn't want a hospital to end up like UHL, how can we really have confidence in it? Would you, as a matter of interest, Lou, uh, how would you say to somebody who argues that Ennis could make it a lot easier for Limerick if Ennis had a proper emergency unit? I don't think that's for the full issue, John. I know um, it's not, it's complex, like the beer. You know, but yeah. um, at the same time, it's a it's a point of view that's well, been if expressed. Well, if Ennis and Nina both had maybe, maybe I I think the the are the appetite maybe isn't there. The the reality of it is they don't need to be twenty four hour, but they exactly. maybe could have extended opening hours. Yeah, yeah. And you go back to the you know, you need numbers, mm. John. You know, and it's a bit like. You know, they they have reopened what you know we say these assessment are opened these assessment units and Tip and Nina uh, Tip and Dennis are getting a bit more use, but there, there are various various different issues. And the one elephant in the room that I keep referring to is our population has increased by so much that you know we're not building extra hospital capacity. We are going to need it. We're all going to need it in years to come. There is no thinking in this country. But listen, I want to move on because. Uh, Time, time is against us. Just the, the hidden there, Luke. Yeah. Just, uh, the hospital would not cope with the airport disaster. Then is the story there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, that really comes across as, as fairly stark if, if something happened in the airport. And do you remember? Do you remember that? that uh, was it the Alitalia? Yeah, that's that's, that's years ago. ago. That's featured there in the yeah. That's is featured there in the in the, in yeah. the paper as well. There's an, yeah. an, you know, book on it. There yeah. were two accidents, I think, in the Shannon Airport region within a couple of years of one another. You know, mm. Was there even one after that? Yeah. You know, and th that was in the days when uh, they didn't have, the, uh, I suppose, the same radar facilities or tracking mm. facilities they have now. Yeah. I think one plane went down in the nearly the soft ground. Uh, not too far from Shannon Airport, That's right. and it was only when somebody managed to struggle and waddle into shore that they discovered, oh, that the plane had actually crashed. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, would there be a potential argument for maybe reopening either Ennis or Tip or Nina, yeah, Nina. Mm. one of them, 
as a 24-hour. Because if you bear in mind, where's our next nearest hospital? It's Ballinasloe. Or Port Leash. Or what? Galway. Or Galway. Or Cork, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Could that maybe take some of the pressure off of UL? You know, the A&E inside in the hospital? It potentially would. Because if you think about it, right? If you think about it, if you knew that there was a 24-hour in Nina or in Ennis. Yeah. Most rural people, like ourselves, in either Ennis or Tipperary, would go there Mm. rather than go to Limerick, Mm. which in itself would take some of the pressure off Limerick. But anyway, time will tell. Now, I want to get on to Brendan O'Regan. And there is a statue being unveiled, Pat, tomorrow. Yes, a uh, statue of innovator extraordinaire, Brendan O'Regan, to be unveiled. A life-size statue of Clare, native, and one of the country's greatest innovators will be unveiled in Six Mile Bridge and Munda Rice Park, McMahon. Dr. Brendan O'Regan's legacy will be marked in a prominent position in his native Six Mile Bridge for Livermore, with a life-size statue in his memory is unveiled at the square at 2pm on Monday, uh, tomorrow, July 10th. Kilbash Seamus Connolly, who is one of the country's leading bronze sculptors, was commissioned by Six Mile Bridge Historical Society and Shannon Chamber to, to cast the statue. Twenty members of the Oregon family from Ireland and overseas will attend the unveiling ceremony, which is open to the public. And um, I suppose he's, he's uh, very much uh, deserves that, 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 that why ac- you, accolade. In, in why do you think he deserves well, so he, he, he... By the way, for, uh, for, as a principal, for, 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 how do you feel about statue? Uh, we're, we're not, we're John, we're not getting into a Pooka yeah. debate now. I know, <laughs> I, I know you saw it recently. Yeah, like this he, is a proper statue. Uh, or just I, 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 I see that Linton is yeah. already <laughs> asking that question. There's a different one there, isn't there? I know, I, I, no, I, I'm not being, I'm not I being smart now. Yeah. Um, um, Tim Cole, uh, Secretary of the Six Mile Bridge Historical Society, and uh, I done an interview with him uh, the other evening down at Six Mile Bridge, yes. and he... Like he he gave a, a, a in depth and today and on the on the, on the radio yeah. today and tomorrow, and and uh, he gave uh, he said that the Midwest wouldn't be wouldn't wouldn't be as it is today only for Brendan O'Regan between is, Shannon and Shannon development and and Bonnie and, and he's right, isn't he? Well, he's right. What yeah. did he ha- What did Brendan have? Like Le Mass drive, yeah. Is it drive? Brave? You know. Yeah, there was a generation at that generation there was a let's I'll call it a class a group of them whether it's Lamas or whether it's Brendan O'Regan yeah, whether it's yeah. T.P. Uh, Whitaker and those people they were, they were visionaries and young Skelly yes yeah yeah he would be part of that as well they were visionaries yeah. you know and yeah. uh, but what how I mean did visionaryism go out the door uh, maybe they were doers <laughs> yeah <laughs> they made it happen they made, they made it happen yeah yeah now what was supposed to Fellas, the, the thing is different. It's all closed down, and uh, you know the the maybe they're in the same um, they're in the same initiative mm-hmm. uh, there for, for for people to to. Yeah. We're, all, we're all too busy looking at social media, isn't that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to move us on to page five in the champion, and there is uh, the headline relating to hooliganism. Tom. Yes. It's a water story. It is, yeah. And I think as you could nearly say it's a Killerloo. When I was down at the market in Killerloo one Sunday morning there, uh, one of the fine Sundays there a couple of weeks ago, and that Garda water unit um, passed up and down, you know. Now, we do know that there was a very sad accident in Killerloo there 
six or eight weeks ago when I worked with yeah. a young lad was uh, lost his life, you know, on a water ski. And um, uh, hooliganism seems a strong word. Maybe it is just poor etiquette, you know. If somebody's, these jet skis are powerful. You know, they're fast, lightning fast, and they should be next, uh, nowhere next or near swimmers or even other boat users. Yeah, but you have the, you have the egos land then, and yes, you know that's a bit like I'd, I'd start to debate: do should jet skis be on the lake at all? Because well, I, I would think I would think they're more of a sea going uh, mm-hmm. uh, item myself. But um, Dan has the article there, Pat. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, what I, I was reading there earlier on today, but um, it appears you can you can go into one of those suppliers of jet skis and one in your pocket, put it up, one in your pocket, one. push it up on the trailer and, and head off to, off to the lake without having any any. There's no there's no such thing as having a, a license or a training, and then you can get up with it and you can drive away. So there must be like obviously there's a, there's legislation needed to 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 cope this kind of stuff that you have to. Do you know, it's, it's like if they're on a motorbike and have no license or something else like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, just see, I just see uh, in the article there, uh, Tony O'Brien, uh, who is now, uh, unfortunately for Tony, just uh, Councillor O'Brien, no longer Mayor O'Brien, but uh, he's he's the boss of the Kildu MD, which we'll, we'll, co- we'll come back to in part two. But he has... Um, he says, from Mount Shannon down to Kildu, Balna, and up to Drummondir, we are witnessing antisocial behaviour on the water. The uh, the immediate problem is cor no the immediate that might be a wrong quote is Corbin this problem says Waterways Ireland has initiated initiated public consultation on new draft bylaws, and I note Tipperary Council has passed bylaws prohibiting the consumption of alcohol at Ballina Riverside Park and the nearby pontoon. Now that's a sensible uh, decision, I would think, because. Uh, Two things that rarely mix well are water and alcohol. Tom, unless it's in your gin and tonic or something. Exactly. Like that. He, he, in, the, in the art, in that article yeah. there, the, it refers to <laughs> the um, possibility of looking at the bylaws. They haven't been uh, apparently. Well, well tip, Tipperary have done it, John. Tipperary have looked at it, but yeah, uh, it would need to be done on the clear side of, side of uh, the yeah. water as well, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there, there, there's probably an issue in relation to Waterways Ireland and <coughs> that look after the Shannon. Yeah. yeah. You know, they've overall, overall responsibility for it. Yeah. Uh, it's probably something that needs to be looked at probably from, you know, Loch Ree, Loch Allen, Loch Derg, yeah. the, the whole length of the Shannon. Waterways Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, they're, they're, they're involved now with the Gardaí and... Uh, and other agencies. Yeah. Well, well but, but yeah, but John, they're responsible for enforcement. Mm. Uh, you know. But I don't know what the I don't know where the bylaws are in that regard. Any of you? Pretty much non-existent, I'd say, mm. the best way to describe it. Well, whatever about it, they're not being pleased. Yeah. The, they're suggesting there as well that when you when you buy one of those, uh, that you should you should have some that you you, you know you should register it somewhere. That. If you go in and buy a jet ski, yeah, that you can go in and you you don't have to register it or anything. That you know that when you go in and buy it, you should have to register it somewhere. You, yeah. you know that when you buy it from the supplier, that you fill out a form and, and to send off to yeah. to do online or something. That yeah. that John Kelly bought a jet ski and that. Uh, Fair point. In, in yeah. the article, Tony O'Brien says anyone who owns a jet ski or a power boat that's greater than fifteen horsepower must register it with, with Waterways Ireland. Now, in fairness, Tom, fifteen horsepower wouldn't be a huge amount. No. 
Don't no. me, not at all. No, no. But you know, I'm just thinking of the uh, Killaloo Sailing Club, the dinghy sailing club they have down there. They yeah. won't take anybody in at whatever age unless they're able to swim a certain distance. Oh no! Oh. And they'll definitely even the kayaking um, group. And oh the, yeah, they're very active here. Yeah, yeah, the first thing you need to be, you know, there's etiquette at least. You mm. have to wear your um, buoyancy aids and all yeah. that and be able to, you know, have some measure of training. And yet, as you said, Pat, you could buy one of those powerful yeah machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. machines. Yeah. yeah, without any training. That's, yeah, not even able to swim. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all makes sense. Right. Listen, we'll we'll, we'll move on. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to turn the page from five to six, John, and an article now that you raised, and you, uh, a bizarre TV license scam. And we're not talking about barter accounts uh, with RT or anything like that uh, here. But right, uh, no, yeah, cars, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you want to talk <laughs> about a, a scam? But the heading of the of the article on the champion. Um, on page six for the readers, guard a warning after bizarre TV license scam. But no, this was a creative one, after have to say. Mickey, Joe and, and Biddy arrive at the front door, okay? They produce their identification uh, card. One is representing a, uh, a politician from the county, and the other is representing, what is it? Yeah, <coughs> from the from the from the local TD's from office. From the local TD's office, and and from the who was the second? Anyway, well, she's she's they a, to be from RTE. She's a she's a um, an, an inspector, a, an, inspector. Yeah, an inspector in relation to TV license. license yeah. yeah. Now, they opened the conversation and have engaged the owners of the house, and eventually they try their hand can to we get come in. in. Yeah. Yeah. We can we go in and and see. It appears that in some instances, the owners of the houses have given in to that. Yeah. So the article is a, it's a very, very fine article, well worth the reader taking time to read it and alerting yourself to, for God's sake, if Mickey, Joe and Biddy arrive at your front door, please, please you see, they're appealing be careful. Most people are good-natured, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And That's if somebody approaches them like that, they're taking advantage of that yeah. good nature that's in people, you know? Mm -hmm. And elderly. The trusting thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Cahill Crow seems to have been caught up in this uh, matter as well because it's, uh, it says that the men calling out, or one of the people calling out, said that he was from his constituency office and was helping the woman identify where people were living. Yeah, well, yeah. I have Carl Crow. He was actually on yeah. RT and, and he was on KLFM and he was highlighting that. The, the it's a new one, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. A clever one? Oh, well, capitalising, capitalising on the vulnerability. Vulnerability of, of older people, yeah. especially. Yeah, the yeah. telephone mm. scams and the text scams are mm. going on yeah. right. more than ever. Right, know. listen, before we yeah. finish part one, I just, I'm just i going to turn to just a little bit of politics, because uh, I see yeah, on page right. six, Rita McInerney is going to look for a West Clare council seat. Yeah. But the Social Democrats on page seven of the champion gearing up for uh, the local elections and it, it's a matter uh, which is sort of interesting enough now because uh, there will be debates in, in the following weeks and coming weeks in relation to you know potential uh, candidates and I, I note here a recent meeting of county members Killaloo resident Gary, Gary Miley was elected branch chairperson uh, there's a faecal man, Bernard uh, Rohrer, I, I, sorry Bernard if I mispronounce your surname, from Fecal, was appointed vice chair. 
and uh, with two Ennis natives taking on the role of secretary and treasurer. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder, because uh, would either of those uh, people be interested in sort of standing in the Killoo Municipal District area? It's interesting because we'll say uh, Rebecca Doyle was her candidate the last time around and the last we heard we'll say of Rebecca she had I think she had uh, joined uh, Fianna Fáil uh, because she was she was mentioned in relation to you know the the voting that was taking place uh, for when the Fianna Fáil uh, convention convention yeah. took took place. So that's interesting that social it's democrats are, are um coming coming out. So Holly Cairns of course is the, the new young leader of the party. Mm. Interesting to see how you know they put candidates out. They potentially the Greens, I don't know are they going to have a candidate out this neck of the woods. The five incumbents that are there have sort of are there for the last ten years. And look, there's that. another party that you hadn't mentioned. <laughs> well, that's true. Sinn yeah, Fein. yeah. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. that's my point. You there's know, no, no, uh, no talk from them, but that might start <laughs> soon. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sure the yeah. those conversations. They want to start. Ta- they want to start place. telling us what exactly yeah. is their mission, what is their vision. Okay, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. we can prepare ourselves yes. well in advance. That's that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well. I suppose the heading says it all. Clear SDs gear up for local elections. We're, exactly. From now on, we're going to be in local R- election R- R- mode, season. You know? Yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll, different plots. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go on holidays for the summer and then they'll come back in September and start to get serious. Right, listen, we're... Jeez, oh, we're gone over time again. Never. I thought we were doing all right. Pat, time for a bit of music. Who's live yeah, well, this week? This we're, we're meeting the cats this weekend, uh, Luke, and we'll, we'll give them all blessed of music. Uh, throw some more kind from oh, Johnny McAvoy. Great, yeah. great song. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. There's obviously hurling on this weekend. Uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs> How pleasant to roam by the sunny blue stream to hear the dove coo Meet the morning sunbeam For the thrush and the robin Their sweet notes entwine On the banks of the shore That flows down by moon coin Right, I'm reliably informed that's a Kilkenny song, and I was sort of wondering why are we playing a Kilkenny song? But uh, it appears there's hurling on uh, about an hour after the show is over, uh, yeah. Pat, is it? Yeah, we're playing Kilkenny on Sunday, local. Okay, I, I, and I, I trust we'll be, I trust, four o'clock, I, I, tru- so. I trust we'll be finishing with a clear yeah. song. But anyway, listen, we are going to come back over to our own neck of the woods, and um, uh, I'm going to start with a good news story. It's on page two in the Echo and page. 21 in the champion. Eagle chicks tagged in Mount Shannon this week. Two white-tailed sea eagles were tagged uh, close to Mount Shannon by staff from the National Parks and Wildlife Service and there have been several sightings of the species. Now we got murmurings a few weeks ago that there had been good news for for the sea eagles in this neck of the woods and of course we had we had the first proper pair here when after the reintroduction a few years ago but sadly the female mate uh, passed away 
avian influenza. So yeah. we've had a we've had a male who has been a little bit lonely for the last few years, but it appears uh, it appears a cute Kerry woman has landed <laughs> up. <laughs> well, I, 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 love is in the air and all is going well again. And two chicks have now appeared, and we hope they'll hang around and that they are healthy. Tom, you said, given your previous history with all things veterinary. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, it, it's great to see them uh, back again, I suppose, really, you know. And the biggest danger to them is, uh, well, it used to be poisoning, but I think that's well reduced now. It, it's unlikely. But avian influenza is around and it's, you know, it's devastated the bird population on the coastal areas, uh, the Gannets in particular. A, a permanent presence to Well, look at it's it's a high risk, you know. No, we escaped great last year inland because I know from my own colleagues at work and all that yeah. we were, uh, and we did have to investigate a few swan deaths on the, the lake and all that. But no, there was no case of avian influenza on Loch Derg last year. But whereas the previous couple of years there was, and uh, those eagles, white-tailed eagles, will feed on dead birds. If they find a sick swan or a dead swan, they, they will feed on will their they? scavengers. Yeah, as well. Fish is the primary diet, but that's, uh, you know, any of those birds of prey like that are at risk of picking up um, the avian influenza. Yeah. You know, especially if a migratory bird comes in and dies, they'll maybe raid the carcass, and that's where it comes. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's great to see them tagged on the uh, if you, uh, social media, Facebook, I was just looking at it there, um, uh, a couple of days ago, and it's great to see them tagging those new chicks and they'll put a satellite Follow them around, yeah. Without giving away locations, if you're in around the vicinity of Mount Shannon Harbour, you're going to have a very good chance of seeing them. Uh, they're, they're pretty well given away here. It says, two white tailed sea eagles were tagged at a site close to Mount Shannon yeah, Harbour. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But, but, but listen, yeah. sorry Tom. Yeah, I'm admiring the photograph on the Declare Echo by Valerie O'Sullivan. You know, it just shows a close-up of the one of the chicks, you know, and yeah. uh, it's a mean-looking beak and that's a mean-looking eye, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and and those, those fingers are placed a bit too close to that beak for my liking. <laughs> I said, you could be without them. But listen, we wish them the very best. But it's best great to see them. Uh, yeah. By the way, just as an aside, I was down in um, Clifton at uh, the June Bank Holiday weekend and I went for a walk out in Omi Island, if you were ever out there. And I heard something I hadn't heard in over 40 years. A corn creek. Really? Yeah, it made my weekend. Where yeah. exactly? Omi Island, which is off uh, near Cladaduff, you know. You can yeah, walk out to it when the tide is out. Yeah, Covered yeah. Cladaduff. Cladaduff, south of Clifton, uh, north of Clifton, you know, about 8 yeah, to 10 yeah. miles north of Clifton. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you, there's too many in Ireland, is it? No, I think there's only 150 yeah, pairs yeah. in it. So, yeah. no no mayo for Sam, but the corn crake is back. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, they're in Donegal, mayo, and a little bit of Connemara as well, you know. Yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. To be great if they come back here. Good, good to see. Also on page 21 in the champion, um, the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement is going to be marked. Uh, when one of the ladies that was a signatory to the agreement, Monica McWilliams, and she's co-founder of the Northern Ireland Women's Coalition, uh, is coming to open the Scarif Harbour Festival at the August Bank Holiday weekend, and she's going to be reading from her memoir. There's a very nice picture there of some of the committee members uh, on page 21 uh, as well. Uh, John, Monica McWilliams, are you going to attend? Well, unfortunately... um it it doesn't it doesn't coincide with my your, your schedule my schedule your schedule you're okay. a busy man you're a busy man so <laughs> you're 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 out for the weekend Tom yeah. I'd but say it's you a lovely it's a lovely contact that was made he died since the 
Ulster Unionist. Yes, his name won't. I can picture him, but his name yeah. just won't come to me. Oh, either. that's awful. But yeah. the, the important thing was Waterways Ireland. When they said, as part of the peace agreement, there was uh, an office set up in Clare, mm. uh, in Scarf, uh, the, uh, in uh, at the uh, the harbour in Chumbrainy. Te- technically Chumbrainy. Technically Chumbrainy. Yeah. Yes, it's the other side of the, the river. <laughs> but uh, they, they have since early on they've had this north south. Um, dimension to the Harbour yeah, Festival. They have. And it's great to see them continuing. It with it, you know? yeah. So if you want more info on the festival, you can uh, visit scarif.ie in, rela- in relation to that. Now, uh, Pat, just over from that, uh, you pointed out, uh, Bo's at the ready for a craft and culture fair at Craig and Owen on page 20 in the Champion, and it's also page 8 on the Echo. Yeah, uh, there's... Uh, uh, a craft fair in, in Craigenorn and Craigenorn is getting a lot of um, publicity of late um, Low which is good uh, we, we haven't had an awful lot of voters in the last few years but I think it was with the, with the takeover of Clare County Council now they're, they're, pu- they're pushing it a bit uh, Craigenorn Culture and Crafts Fair is on Sunday the 16th 11am to 5pm in Craigenorn and um, the crafts, trades and music of all divisions of County Clare will be showcased in the inaugural Craigenown Cultural and Crafts Fair on Sunday, July 16th from 11, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visitors to the popular visitor attraction will have the opportunity to engage directly with actors, crafts, tradespeople, storytellers, musicians and dancers from across the Banner County. The idyllic setting on the 16th of Craigenown Castle will host demonstrations and talks by local actors and craft producers, including wicks and wax candles, Gout Tanner Jewellery, Pam Isle Free Soaps, Asian, uh, Asian, Aptus Helen Lowe, Red Dog Tread, and uh, Crochet and Knitting. When is so it happening? Pastor? It's happening on Sunday week. Sunday week? Yeah. That'd be a great day out. July 16. More has started in Craigenown in a short period than a whole year. I'm go, going really? to say, say yeah. John, yeah. You, you, uh, you have, you know, from previous history, you yeah. have a, fa- a fondness for it. You must be happy to, very, to see it. Very, very. I mean, and it is a costly, it is a costly operation. And a lot was, a lot of money was spent in, when we were on the board of, of the, the, um, yeah, Craigenome. Mm-hmm. Well, it was on the board of the Hunt Museum. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so it's great to see life being uh, led into the actual project. Yeah, exactly, uh, and, and, and a, a nice and tourist attraction for uh, out East Clare. Lovely place. I was, in, I was in there a while ago there and I interviewed Pauline Linehan, who was there. She's been there, there a good, she's been there a good while. She has, uh, and uh, it was lovely. And there was a fine crowd there on the day, and it was a nice Did fine day. Did you have the fine tea and uh, homemade Oh, tea. we had the tea and the scones. Yeah, we had, that, we had. Yeah. Myself and Ellen O'Callaghan, we sat at the fire and we had the, the, the tea and the scones. Lovely. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, there's going to be music there as well as Matt Dandon, Carly Harris and Jennifer Linehan. Yeah. And there's going to be set dancing for East Clare set dancers and Shandor's dancing. So everything is going to be careful. Well, well, la- la- last week, Alan O'Callaghan was sitting in a big chair, which I'll refer to before the, <laughs> the, the, the end of, of the show. But uh, yeah, listen, that, that's something to look forward to ne- ne- next Sunday. And uh, I- if you're at nothing and you want a nice day out, go over and, as Ben says, Absolutely. we always encourage people to shop local. And, uh, you know, the sad truth about it is a lot of us uh, won't have been in Craig and Owen since we were certainly knee high to a, gra- a grasshopper. Or you know, on a school tour or something like so that. So the Cranogs. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. just go go and have a look. But now, there's a lovely photograph there. That we'll, just before we go from it, uh, Jack and Pinson, a clear-based uh, maker of traditional and historic longbows. 
will showcase his agent skill on timber and craftwork in traditional pole laid at the Craigenown Cultural so, yeah. yeah, so it's a, a lovely picture there. Yeah, there. it is. Yeah. It is yeah. yeah, and there's another nice picture, Tom uh, and the Echo. We'll bring it back out of your neck of the woods. Then. Of a fit looking man from Cornwall, Reese Saul Foster. And the heading on it is in the Clare Echo uh, on page 26. And the heading is New Lease of Life for 270 year old Mount Shannon Forge. And of course, we all remember the Tom Lyons going to go to him the Lyons' Forge in Mount Shannon. And himself, this guy, um, Reese. Um, Saul Foster and Mark Wilson are taking over the, the, the forge now and running it as Saul's Forge, I think. And he's, uh, right. you know, it, it's been in the Lions family for, I reckon, for 260 years, which is a long, long time. And you know, you can see this guy; he's a fairly muscular guy. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I mentioned most. I can remember Tom Lyons, my early days in Montana. Tom was still working there, and the, you know, the, the the action of the the Smith kind of he'd be hammering something, yeah. and then he'd give it a bounce. The muscles in his arm, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and the man was probably into definitely nearly into his seventies at that stage, but had a rather life, you know. Reese is from Cornwall, so yeah. he's he's come over to, from from Cornwall over to Montana. So if I'm sure the Reese would be pleased to welcome uh, not just visitors but the local people and if you can buy or if you can support through buying sure yeah some yeah. of the of the artifacts which he will be making, making yeah, it'll yeah. be appreciated mm. yeah, see here he has a particular interest in gardening tools yeah mm. kitchenware and jewelry yeah so you could get your christmas presents there absolutely yeah. i have a broken tool yeah. above uh, in in the shed <laughs> which i'm going to bring out to him. I'm glad you clarified that for us, John. Public garden, is it? garden, please. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he might wind up down But it's great to see the tradition there and I'm sure you know where the site is on the side of the road there as you come into Mount Shannon. And you see people, I mean, even though it has nothing other than antiquity to, you know, see, but you see so many people going over and looking in through chinks in the doorway and yeah, in the window. Yeah. Do you Have you memories of the forge from your youth? Uh, very dim. But I have uh, Kevin Van, like, do you remember Kevin? I do indeed, yes. But yeah. I don't remember the forge as well, you know, let's say in the heyday of the forge. But I remember growing up in Portumna, I used to, have to bring my pony in every so often to get her shot. And, you know, and I can still picture the, the blacksmith kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the work, you know, showing the... The horse and all that. Yeah. And just, and they, they were craftsmen. They, those oh, yes, they those were days, the blacksmiths yeah. were really looked up to. They were the yeah. first of the. Uh, and society was very dependent on oh, the 19th century. Absolutely, and, um, yeah. Particularly. There was um, a, a forge in O'Callaghan's Mills, uh, Maloney's, and Jack Maloney was the, the, the man. There was one in the forge, and he'd be always covered in black. Yeah. But he, <laughs> when we were passing, we'd be walking to school. And we'd be passing back in the evening. He'd, he'd, he might have a great eye, and he'd run out after us. And he was <laughs> coming back, and we'd, we'd all running away from him. You know. He was like hunting, like, so we'd yeah. run after us. Do you remember, yeah. Luke, the lines from your school days? Under the spreading chestnut tree, the village smithy stands. The smith, a mighty man was he, with broad and sinewy hands. Do you remember mm. that? Yes. I, I'm afraid poetry, John, was not my... Oh, I, 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 had many, I had many weak Tell points, <laughs> and poetry was one of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. Right, listen, uh, we're going to move to uh, the East Clare uh, page on the champion, which is page 13, as per usual. And uh, there's a nice picture there of... Uh, Searsha O'Dowd, a chef in the Garden Cafe at East Clare Community Co-op, co-op getting ready for the Mad Hatter's party. 
So, uh, Fiona has the article there. Uh, Mad Hatter's Garden Party is set to be one of the highlights of the summer in Scarif and an opportunity for the community to reconnect. Were you ever at a Mad Hatter? No, I, I'm, I'm mad enough. I don't need to put on a hat to, to, to go to a party, John. That's so. evening. No, 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 I work with a few mad ones as well. So, but go on anyway, Tom. T- t- tell us about it. Well, it's a, it's a nice picture there with John Kelly. John, of course, is always yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. colourful, you know. And... It's starting next Saturday, the 15th, from 2 o'clock to 5 p.m. And uh, is it just a one day or is it going on a regular? Uh, oh, the, no, it's a just one, one day. I think just a one day, yeah. Next yeah from 2 yeah. to 5, yeah. yeah. Did you ever, were you ever at one? I don't think if so. People buy into it, it's great fun. Uh, yeah, it? this sounds like, John, you have some experience. Do uh, tell, do uh, tell. Come on. <laughs> uh, you can start, if you like, with designing a hat from nature. Colourful, wild maniacal you know um, you don't so have to go to Ailish McElroy for one then do you no and you wouldn't have to go to Ailish although <laughs> it would be interesting to see a, a creation of hers yeah you know so you dress for the mad hatters you obviously concentrate on the on the hat you know okay and like the idea day. behind this is to bring people into the uh, the community co-op because they feel they're a bit locked away even though they're on the, uh, the top of the hill in Scarf and in, in the little bow way there, they feel that, that people don't know that they're in there. Yeah, so yeah. this is a, a, a tactic to actually uh, give people an opportunity to from around. To so will you be there, John? Uh, I will. With a hat? If I can convince Marie to, to <laughs> make two hats. Two oh, hats, very good. <laughs> we have I, one in Ackill every year. Oh, a man, uh, man had her tea yeah, party. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. So that's how you're Good stuff. And if you want more details for it, you can go to the East Clare Community Co-op Facebook page and on eastclarecoop.com. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, John, we'll be expecting your report. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and if you want, you can bring the hat into studio. <laughs> Before and after, we'll see how you get on. Uh, I just see uh, Jackie has an eye for all things equestrian. There's a very nice photo there at the bottom of page 13 on the right-hand side of Jackie O'Donoghue, mm-hmm. uh, where Jackie is showing her ho- horse, Twiggy, uh, his portrait. So... Uh, uh, Jackie O'Donoghue, an East Clare artist who has swapped the reins for a set of artist pencils as she heads to the Dublin Horse Show uh, next month. She's a Cork native but is uh, currently based in Tulla and uh, is going to the Horse Show to showcase stunning array of character portraits of family pets and wildlife. And, uh, so She's described as a pet portrait artist. Exactly, mm. and yeah. for anyone that's... Uh, Has a favourite uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, she will be at the horse show from Wednesday the 9th to Sunday the 13th. So if anybody uh, wants to get a portrait taken, uh, uh, you can see, seek her out. So that's a ni- nice article there. Look, are you on page 13? Page 13 of the, I, 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 of the champion. And there's one article, uh, John, that I'm going to get to before we finish. And... Um, when we st- when we were doing the prep for it, we sort of said, "What do these three letters stand for?" And I, I and I've checked on the internet, and I still am none the wiser yeah. for what they stand for. But Minister Roderick O'Gorman is uh, pictured meeting a few people from the Clare Youth Service UBU project. So we're at a little bit of a loss to find out what the UBU project is. But I can tell American. you that there are UBU funded organisations, John. And they're, and they're listed by ETBs, uh, by the ETB. And uh, you can go to ubu.gov.ie. But I yeah. basically think it's basically uh, to do with the youth of the country. Yeah. Essentially, yes. you're, you're dead right. There's a lot of complaint that there is not a service for young uh, teenagers uh, who are 
um, in, in difficulties of one form or another, which may have resulted in the uh, getting out of school early um, or maybe obsessed obsession with certain um, drugs. So where's the service to speak to those who want to actually avoid that? And that's where the youth project comes in. Based, so at, ba- based in Killaloo? Based in Killaloo. In Tulla, Tulla as well, in the yeah, old national school in Tulla. Yeah, there's, and there's four numbers there as well. And the four numbers given there. Yeah. So if you, if you have a, a child who could do with some emotional support and some direction and some help, uh, to get his life or her life back again, this may well be worth calling. And the phone number, Pat, you have it there. Yeah, the, the, the one for Kill was 085-8559351. And then for Tuller, it's 089-2039608. And is, is Scarif given? No, there's only just the two. Just think, totally given. Yeah, just I would say uh, the details of all the programs are available from Peter McNamara, and his phone number is oh eight five eight five five nine three five one. That article is on page page thirteen in the Champion. So for and it's basically aimed at uh, young people with support and, and and support from the age of twelve to twenty four. And it's basically for anyone in the Killaloo Municipal District. Yeah. That's yeah. basically where. It is. So Tulla, Tulla, and Killaloo. Now, before we go, uh, I'm going to bring us back to the future, and I'm going to go to page one of the Clare Champion. And you sort of might be wondering, what are we talking about? And uh, Owen Ryan, Cooney takes council reins as local election countdown starts, and. We're not going to get into the full political debate in relation to the local elections, but um, uh, in Craigenown last Friday, uh, the official handing over of uh, the Killoo Municipal District, we'll say the, their annual AGM took place, and basically Alan O'Callaghan, who was the leader of the MD for the year, handed over the reins to uh, the mayor who had another four hours in office tony o'brien so tony is now the boss we'll say of the killaloo municipal district and uh tony very proudly i would imagine handed the reins over of his mayorship uh to his fellow um i can't say party man because they're on different they're opposing party but there there's a good working arrangement between all of them and joe cooney has taken over as mayor of Clare and uh, Pat uh, this is where I want to come back to you not only did Joe take over as mayor but uh, he's had a busy week <laughs> and th- he's not the only one yourself included <laughs> yeah Joe was involved he's chairman of the GA club as well and we had a big weekend last weekend in the, um, uh, having the cup final and uh, commemorating the 100th anniversary of the, the field in Kilkishan being opened Hamilton Park you're still celebrating over there. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's over now, Tom. It's over <laughs> to the end of the weekend. It was, uh, they won, they won the, 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 the match by a, a narrow margin of one point. So, uh, I suppose it's all over now and they'll be preparing for the championship. And but uh, yeah. Joe was, Joe, at his first official duty was on, on, um, on Saturday uh, at 12 o'clock when the, the, the chairman of the Munster Council, uh, Joe Ryan, came and unveiled the plaque. Um, uh, uh, for the official opening of the clubhouse and uh, in memory of the 100th anniversary of the of the, the, the pitch so Joe gave a, a bit of a speech there and was, he had the chain and all that so 
Yeah, a, a, a good a good weekend. We'll say both in relation to the events that took place. Uh, uh, great for the Mills to actually be in the actual final and uh, a nice little bit of a prestige for the match we'd say the Clare, the Clare Cup which is the, the second second, senior 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 competition second competition. tier uh, yeah, we'll say yeah. senior as Man says there's only two competitions so the Mills have won one, one so, yeah. Yeah. you know and be, beating your local neighbours Clooney Quinn uh, you know is and, there uh, a rivalry in between us is there a traditional rivalry between Tony, uh, between Quinn and the Mills. Uh, the, not, there wouldn't be no, no. Not like there would be with Marshall. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I was wondering would you mention it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't. Uh, yeah, also so Tully. Actually, on Saturday night we, we played Tully in a Jonah B final, and there was a nice bit of rivalry in that, and, <laughs> and, a, and a big crowd. Of yeah. the manifest. And then, yeah, won only four points, like, but. Uh, it was, uh, it was it was it was it was it was robust kind of stuff, you know. Impressions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope the bamboos weren't bent too much out of shape, uh, <laughs> as the man says. But no, listen. Um, the facility that you have over there is a credit. The pitch was looking in great nick, and I just w- want to sort of, on behalf of the radio, thank you, Pat and Joe, and all the people involved. We'll say with the mills for the hospitality and the facilities that you provided because there was a covered raised platform uh, where our commentary team were a little bit raised above the crowd and were able to g- give their, their commentary. And, and was there th- tea afterwards? Uh, there were, not only was there tea afterwards, John, there was tea, there was tea beforehand <laughs> and there was sandwiches. And that's why I said, we- we'll be back. <laughs> but but uh, li- uh, listen, it, it was a, a, gr- a great weekend. And we should wish Joe all the best. Oh, I, I, yeah. Well, yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. And and Pat, you're, you're, going to, you're on the Chronicle next week, is that right? Yeah, next week. And, I, and uh, I'd say there's going to be, there, there's going to be a Joe show. Joe is coming in on, on Saturday, the, the Chronicle next Saturday. So. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to talk to Joe. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Listen, talking to Joe and hurling and all the rest of the Pat. So uh, we've had a Kilkenny song. It's time for us to go. And I should uh, extend our thanks to John S. Tom, thanks for coming in. And Pat, uh, as always, with thanks yourself. You. So we're, we're going to finish up, uh, I'd imagine, with a song for Claire. Well, so we'll good luck on Sunday. We'll, yeah. be, we'll, be, uh, we'll be wishing Claire the best of luck. Is on now, there's an hour left. Later on. Uh, my lovely Rose of Clare from Teddy Riley, uh, Luke, please. Okay, fair enough. Right, that's it from local media this week. Our thanks to Root Griffin Photography for sponsoring the show. And hopefully Jim will return in the near future. And uh, I said I can return to the bench. And by the way, uh, Ruth uh, took a load of photographs over and she has them up on, on, on O'Callaghan's Mills Facebook page. And they're fine, fine photographs. And I'd say they're selling well, Pat. Excellent stuff. Right, that's it from us for this week. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. My lovely rose of Claire, you're the sweetest girl I know. You're the queen of all the roses, like the pretty flowers that grow. You are the sunshine of my life, so beautiful and fair. For I will always love you. My lovely rose of Claire.